Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Exist Magazine podcast, the podcast for unexpected Midwest culture and lifestyle. Kirsty Ellaby is my guest for episode 19 of the podcast. Kirsty is a dancer and a featured dancer for the upcoming STL Pulse show. Kirsty dances with a passion and uses her art form as an outlet for creative freedom. And as a dancer, she teaches, performs, and inspires others to find their freedom using dance. Find all the links to follow Kirsty and find out about upcoming shows and more in the info section of the podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate the podcast, please share with your friends, and feel free to comment and reach out if you know of a story that needs to be shared. Thank you for listening, and please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Exist Magazine One. And check out the website, existmagazine.com, for more stories and content. Thank you for listening to episode 19 with Kirsty Ellerby. All right, so how are you doing, Kirsty? Pretty good. How have you been? I've been well, managing the, yeah. the pandemic as, as best as you can. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been, uh, well, you know, in the middle of a move and then uh, our big showcase for the year. So yeah. A little that, hectic, which, but yeah. doing it. It's exciting. Lots of stuff happening. Oh, 100%. It's so nice. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do. I got a good tip from my friend Chris Bauer, who said you were awesome. I heard about this show coming up, so... Just kind of to want to go in cold here and and just you know talk to somebody you know that was into the dance uh, scene and, and uh, tell us a little bit more about that and and uh, yeah what that's like. Yeah, for sure. And Chris is super awesome. We just did a photo shoot actually a few weeks ago because I needed some uh, updated photos because you know now that shows are kind of coming back, um, they want photos yeah, to promote. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't. <laughs> have any for like two years so i'm trying to do that and um make a website no no better photographer to do it than chris bauer of course oh my god yeah any anybody who's looking to do a photo shoot should go see chris bauer because i mean super like unique and interesting and just fun if you are a shy person or have a hard time like getting into the groove so um yeah uh yeah so so tell us a little bit about yourself where are you from yeah, so I'm actually, um, it, it's a weird question for me because I grew up in Miami, Florida for about 11 years, but we moved around. So like my family's actually from uh, Louisiana, um, like Northern. Um, so we, okay. I grew up in Florida when I was little for about 11 years, but we kind of bounced back and forth um, for like two years in like West Monroe, Louisiana. Um then we moved to Missouri for like my dad's job for a while in like fifth, sixth, and I think, uh, yeah, I think fifth and sixth grade. Then we moved back to Louisiana. Then we moved to Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana for nice. about two years and then came what, back what's here. Da- what's your dad do that keeps you traveling? He, yeah. So he actually works for uh, nonprofits. He actually just retired. So he was. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so he had been with Optimus International, I believe, for over a decade now. Um, so he is finally happily retired, uh, retired on like the beginning of October. So nice. he is Congrats. a fresh retired man. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we'll <laughs> see what he that. does. Yeah. But um, yeah, we just kind of, some of it was 
like he used to work for a company and he's still on uh, the board of like junior chambers international. They moved their company to Missouri. Um, then he worked for a different nonprofit uh, down in Louisiana. And then we came back to Missouri for Optimus. So um, any, I've been any, here. Any siblings or are you by yourself? Oh, yeah, only there's child? Uh, five total. So there's me. Oh, wow. I have three sisters and one older brother. Um, my oldest brother, uh, you know, my niece is like one year older than me. So oh, we're wow. pretty like a long range of ages. So <laughs> there's a lot of us, but yeah, we're kind of a, a good, good knit family, at least the immediate. So but yeah, we just kind of moved around, um, just cause jobs and whatever. So ended up here, but I've lived here the longest in St. Louis. So we were actually out in like St. Charles County, but I just yeah. moved uh, to St. Louis. So I'm, I'm now in the city. So. Nice. Well, congratulations. I'm, I'm relatively new to this. I moved here in 2013. Yeah. So like in, into St. Louis, but yeah, I grew up out in St. Charles County. But okay, I cool. too, I too was uh, born in Florida, and I spent. I was Were born you really? In, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't. You know, it's just the first uh, six years of of my life, so I don't remember a lot of it. But yeah, I was born in Jacksonville and lived in West Palm Beach for a bit. Yeah, so we probably lived in the same area at the same time. Um, at some point, well, but uh, wait, well, well, we were in depends Miami, what year but, you were born, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I was I was born in 1990. Um, but in okay. Louisiana, so, and then we moved to, uh, Miami just immediately after pretty much. So I pretty much grew gotcha. up in Miami and West Palm beach area. So, uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. M remember very little about it. I remember like, uh, we, we did have a pool. I remember that. Yeah. But... Always <laughs> like some alligators in the backyard, but <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird to say like, cause technically like you could say you're from Florida, but you didn't live there long enough to feel like right, right. super connected to it. So yeah. that's why I'm always like, I don't really like I'm from Florida and I grew up there, but like I've been here longer now. So it feels weird to say I've grown up in Florida. Yeah. And it still feels weird saying I'm from St. Louis cause I'm technically from St. Charles. So it's like, yeah. have I, have I lived here long enough to say that I'm, you know, <laughs> I got the current address. Yeah. Yeah. Does it, do I count yet? <laughs> yeah. Just because, feel like a poser yeah. in the city. Don't know if how you, to drive if you live like <laughs> basically within you know an hour's drive from St. Louis, you say you're from St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, it's just easier that way, and everybody drives, so it just makes sense. And it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, like county, whatever, really, really doesn't matter. So, so much easier. But yeah, I've been here for pretty much uh, since like freshman year now. So I guess I'm from St. Louis now, <laughs> or I guess St. Charles and now St. Louis. So. Um, if that answers that question. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, what so else five, you five, like five yeah. siblings. They all have, it sounds like, you know, you've, you're the youngest, you said? I am the youngest, yep. Yeah, so. And then we all a, live in uh, Missouri now, too. So. Oh, nice. A few of us were scattered, but we us. all. Uh, I guess we do, yeah. <laughs> no, um, they cool. all help me move and stuff. It's been great. My girlfriend's family's really close like that, and it's yeah. cool. It's nice. It's really good. Like, for so, a while, uh, we were split up, but it's nice to have us all together again. Yeah, definitely. Where'd, uh, where'd you go to school? 
So I, um, that's like the classic, I feel like a uh, misery question, isn't it? Or where'd you, where'd you go to high school? Where'd yeah. you go to high school? Is the, yeah. <laughs> Francis Howell and then just the regular one. Um, and then I went to, uh, SCA, that's St. Charles Community College. And then I went to Webster and like a forever student. And then I went to Merrimack for a little bit too. So, um, wow. But yeah, in between that, I've I've been pole dancing and uh, training. So nice. And how'd you how'd you start uh, with pole dancing? I mean, were you like uh, a dancer in in high school or doing uh, oh what was it called uh, Palmers? Was it Palmers? In no, the, actually, that was like the... yeah, that was like the thing. Um, no, so I don't have any like dance background. I actually didn't do like anything growing up. Like I I played piano I think for a year. Um, and I did a little bit of like band and clarinet in middle school, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, I didn't do any extracurricular activities. I didn't do sports. Um, even though I was like a big tomboy, but, um, you know, I started running uh, when I was about 18 and then I got kind of just like into fitness in general. Did you do like cross country? Like. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> no? No, I just liked running to run. I, I would just do okay. it on, like, like when I started college, I just, you know, I just liked running. It was, like, a stress reliever. It was just, yeah. like, like I actually enjoyed running. I know a lot of people don't enjoy running. They do it um, because they feel like they need cardio. But uh, I just like doing yeah. it. So, but I didn't want to ruin it, it with, like, instinctual, I, like, I think, yeah. like, when you get that urge, it's just, like, I think you, yeah, you got to act on it and definitely, like, you know being idle for so long you just got to get up and move and to run just feels so good especially when you yeah. break that point like when you what do they call that like after you've like oh gotten uh, over the the, oh, the, gonna... the breathing and the and the yeah and the there's cramps. like a there's a point where you like get past a certain you like plateau heart rate, yeah. yeah and you're just like you're living on the edge it's great yeah <laughs> you got good music yeah um, but yeah, and I, I liked to running outside and it was a nice way to be outside. Um, but then I started, uh, my sister wanted to join a gym and then we got like a free personal training session. I was super into fitness and one of the trainers was like, did you ever think about personal training? And I was like, I don't know. I just thought I had to have like a degree for that. And you don't, you can get like certified and trained and like shadowed. So I started personal training for about a year. Um, but I wanted, and this is while I was uh, in school as well, but so I got my personal training like certification and I was being shadowed and all that stuff. Um, and and that personal really... training for, like for like physical therapy, like uh, fitness or fitness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, just like personal fitness training, um, okay. helping people work out and like meet their goals and stuff. But okay. you know, it's, uh, it's really hard work. It's very emotionally demanding. Um, I wear a lot of other people's emotions on my sleeve. So it was a rewarding job, but it was very, um, emotionally draining for me because I am not, I don't, I have a hard time like leaving stuff at work, especially like, I don't know, people's like emotions and stuff. I just feel, uh, so deeply sometimes when, uh, you're kind of working with people like that. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to do something creative and I always loved uh, to watch people dance, specifically like contemporary dance. And I never got to do that. 
as a kid, I didn't get to do gymnastics because my sisters broke their bones when they did gymnastics. So like whenever I asked to do gymnastics, my parents were like, absolutely not. Um, so <laughs> yeah, my parents um, were like that with like the sports. They didn't want us playing football or anything. Like we got to play baseball and that was about it. Yeah. They're like, we're not going <laughs> to break your bones. You can't do that. Yeah, no, football, else. So, no football. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just landed on nothing. Cause at the time I was like, my mom wanted me to do ballet. I didn't want to do ballet. I wanted to do gymnastics. So we didn't either. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, at that point I was like, man, I, I'd really, I love watching people dance. I like, I just think it's, so like athletic and creative where'd you um, go so to I watch started, people dance um just like online and stuff not any like I didn't necessarily go anywhere um unless it was like for I don't know like theater or something like that but mm-hmm. um yeah I just liked watching people like dance and like I Is would there just like go a at, YouTube channel or a favorite subscriber that you kind of like inspired you or anything or is there not like necessarily a- I think it was just like a collection because I can't think of like one person or anything in particular Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just something I kind of just got on YouTube and would go down like a deep, dark hole of just watching people dance. Just I'm like, like, wow, I like that's this. just, I like yeah, this. I was like, wow, it's great. Good. So I was like, I'm going to find like dance lessons, but for adults, cause I was probably like 2021 20, at that time, maybe 22. Um, yeah. And it kind of became yeah. like a, a craze at the time, like, uh, for a minute there, didn't it? Like, it was like everybody were, was- were doing these kind of like, uh, pole dance classes like I think I even remember seeing it like in a movie like, yeah so this pole dance class was. this was even like before I was even thinking about pole or had it in my mind I just wanted to do like regular contemporary dance okay um, okay yeah so I wasn't even like thinking about pole dancing because there was like but it was kind of a, a thing though because I think so you think you can dance and stuff was on tv at that time yeah. Um, and I watched a lot of that. I did watch a lot of that. So that is one thing I would always like kind of go back to and be like, man, I really want to dance. I love watching these people. Um, yeah. I wish I could like express myself like physically um, other than just like picking up weights and like running because that was mm-hmm. all I was doing. So I was trying to find adult dance classes and lo and behold, there was really no uh, studios or centers for adults wanting to learn how to dance apart from like you going into a dance studio and it's primarily like kids and stuff. I wanted to be in a space with other adults wanting to learn something as a beginner. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't anything in that realm at that time. There are plenty of places now that do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than like maybe a kind of like an exercise fit bar class, there wasn't like learning how to dance as an adult. So it kind of just sent me through this like deep dive online and YouTube and stuff. And I saw some YouTube videos of um, a pole dancer. She goes by Janine Butterfly and Felix Kane. They're, they're like mega pole stars to me and to most of the pole community. And this is, uh, they were doing like competitions and stuff. I think in like the videos were from like 2009, something like that. Um, And it was like, I don't know something about watching adult women um like dance and it was their it wasn't like kids doing it it was just adult yeah. like women did you ever do, you ever do, do any this competitions do you ever do any competitions oh absolutely yeah i always yeah? i do compete yep and perform yeah uh, and that's got that's a room kind full of, of trophies a, a few trophies <laughs> some medals <laughs> but not a whole room probably like a shelf full but uh yeah, no, and that kind of like uh, 
you know, spurred my interest. And then I started looking for pole dance classes because I couldn't, I was like, okay, adults do this and they learn how to dance and it's strong. And it seems like something I could like, even though they were like so incredible and flexible and strong, I was like, this at least seems like something like I could possibly be okay at and enjoy myself doing. Cause I didn't really have any like goal of like getting like super good or competing or anything like that. I was just like, man, I just want to do something like creative and like enjoy myself and move. Does um, the does the performance aspect of it do anything for you? Like from like performing as like the contemporary dance versus performing like do you consider the environments different or the crowd different? Like is it a a different feeling in that way or is it just the performance itself that kind of, you know, draws that creative aspect to you? Yeah, so it's a mix. Um when I started it was really just um, cause I started in my basement. My dad actually helped me put my pole up, um, <laughs> uh, in the basement. And then I started taking He's classes. Like, What's this at... for? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's for fitness. Do you... <laughs> He's, He's like, like I've never seen one of these. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was like, I just, uh, wanted to, you know, learn some tricks and stuff. So yeah, it, it kind of depends. Like, I think the, af- like, performance is a whole thing because like it Mm -hmm. there's the whole leading up to it like right now i'm i'm preparing for uh the minx extravaganza that's this weekend actually on the 8th of the 9th um so you go through the process of like creating a piece and that's really fulfilling it can be very frustrating and like taxing but um the actual like performing on stage and with an audience uh where it's not a competition Mm-hmm. is like really exhilarating it's uh very emotional it's very like rewarding and i love that aspect to it and even yeah. though when i started to do like pole dancing it wasn't something that was on the forefront where i was like i want to like perform in front of people cuz i am very like i'm a little more introverted and shy even though i i i can be extroverted and come off mm-hmm. that way sometimes um, I'm very like, I'm going to just do this for myself and never show anyone. Um, but once right. I started performing, I was like, oh my God, I love doing this. I love being able to share this. And like, again, that like physical expression of yourself and like your ideas and, um, how you yeah. want to convey like a piece or an idea or a song, whether it be very abstract or very, uh, forward and linear but yeah it's just super rewarding to perform in front of people and it was just something I never thought would be uh something I would want to do or be interested in but performing in front of like a crowd for just like a performance or a show is very different than a competition mm-hmm. competitions they're very um well, you're more I, focused on the other dancers and what they're doing than the uh than the crowd and, and almost not even yeah to an extent but not ju- even that yeah i mean are you competing like in an in an environment where it's like a panel of judges that that's all you're competing for i don't know yeah. how these competitions go it kind of depends they're all a little different i've i've competed and i've judged so uh competing and same thing with performing too. You really don't get to see the people who go in front of you because you're busy warming up um, or listening to your music. And I, I try to listen to music because there is some daunting factor of when you're trying to compete. And sometimes this happens with performing too, where you hear the crowd like screaming so loud and you're like, oh my God, they must be like really like killing it out there. Um, yeah. I hope 
they sound like that for me or like there's no way they're going to cheer that loud or my piece is so opposite. Because um, sometimes you may or may not know what somebody's doing. But yeah, for competitions and even performances, you don't really get to see what other people are doing for the most part because you are backstage like doing your thing, getting ready, getting warmed up, right, right. trying to get in the zone. But uh, yeah, so there's like usually a panel of judges. All uh, competitions are judged a little differently. Um, so they're not all the same. But you are focused more on... Uh, there is the performance aspect. You do need that. You do need to perform and look at the audience and connect with the judges and whoever is out there and like kind of have that performance aspect, but you also need to be more aware on your tricks and transitions. So Mm -hmm. performance, I, when I make a piece for performing, I try to make something that it makes sense and uh, shows well and connects really well where or I can kind of go off the other way and make something like kind of strictly for myself depending on the type of show is it more artistic is it more like um I don't know like classic like pole like sexy or um something in that nature like a Halloween show or something or um competitions um you know you're performing and competing like at a higher level and you're trying to put things in your competition or piece that are at a certain difficulty level too. So you challenge yourself a lot more where performing, you really just want to make something seamless and beautiful and that you don't mess up because you're performing for an audience where competition, although you don't want to make mistakes, there are room for mistakes because you're risking maybe um, a high skill level or points for uh, that risk. Have you ever made a mistake in a in a dance that you regretted or something that uh that happened that knocked you out of a competition? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh yeah, so nothing like major enough to like knock me out of comp- like out of like where I was probably going to place anyways. You ever um, get in a fight with another dancer? Oh like- no. <laughs> <laughs> For the most part, like Pole is very and this doesn't go for every community and stuff too, but for the most part, like And at least in the Midwest, I will say we're very like for I've met only pretty much like supportive people or like we're all kind of in it together because we're trying to like do something and there will be like disappointment and things like that. But for the most part, I mean, everybody's kind of there for the same reason and it's very like respectful. It's not very dance mommy or anything like that. Um, yeah, so we're and we're all adults, too, for the most part. They're like kids and stuff who do it now, too. But for the most part, like it's not that, uh, that aggression. I think since we all started a little bit late in life, uh, doing like competitions and activities, at least the majority of us maybe, um, or we're coming from a different like standpoint of like, Oh, I'm done with my gymnastics career. I just want to do something to enjoy myself and compete again. Uh, I think it takes some of that edge off where people are like blaming others for like not placing and things like that. So and how how long did you compete for? Like, are you st- or are you still competing in in the yeah? Dance or are you just kind of yeah? So not necessarily contemporary. I compete in all levels. I've done exotic. I've done uh, artistic. I've done uh, pro. Like, uh, what is the? There's a name for it. It's more like athletic um, or like traditional. Um, yeah. So I I still compete. I just haven't done any on. There's online competitions right now. I haven't participated in any of those because I like being able to perform in front of an audience, at least for, and like judges, at least uh, for competition. 
I've done some online like performances and shows, but um, I've been doing competitions since I think 2015 was my first uh, round of competitions. And I, I did pole sports organization for like my first competition. And it's a pretty big organization now, but we did a competition out in Chicago and I did two competitions that weekend and I did a a, um, level three dramatic and a level three. um, Yeah, I'm just, I'm forgetting the name for it, but it's like sport or competition. So it's more of that athletic um, vibe where they look at trans tricks and transitions and they score higher for those. And then the Mm -hmm. dramatic piece, they score higher for, um, artistry and like connection, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, so yeah, I started in 2015. So I've done, I think I've done about at least a competition like once a year or so, um, at least like once to maybe like two to three times a year. Um, yeah, so they're they're interesting. I really like them because they challenge you in a different way, but they, they can be very stressful. The time off has been nice. Uh, that's the one nice thing that's happened kind of during this pandemic is taking a break and being able to yeah. just be creative and work on other things without the pressure of competing because yeah. it stops you to a certain extent from growing or kind of building your style because – you recycle a lot of like tricks and transitions and combinations because you don't have time to like learn something new or you don't feel confident in maybe like a skill or something to um, change it in time for a competition to put it on to make it stage ready. So it's been really go, nice. Uh, how do you go about learning new tricks for uh, for routines or how do, how do you even like, you know, what's your process of making a piece? Yeah. So I still take classes. Um, I think everybody should take classes still. Um, and a lot, a lot of times I, I've taken some online too. That's the, been the other really nice thing about the pandemic is since the studios were closed in a lot of places for so long, um, you got to take classes. More people were available. I got to teach online. I've met so many people out of state that I never would have met, um, or been able to teach, but yeah, I've taken like classes online with people I've never been able to uh, like meet in person or ever like dream of being able to take a class with, I think, uh, taking classes and I still take classes at, uh, Michelle Mink. So, um, she's an OG, just, she's been doing it forever. So yeah, I think just for sure still staying in classes and learning and growing from other people is super important. And then spending like time in the studio. So I have like a couple different friends I I'll train with and, Sometimes we all work on different things. Sometimes we might pick something we saw off Instagram that somebody else posted and we're like, okay, we're going to break this trick down. Nice. Um, and sometimes, you have your own studio? Uh, I don't. I just go to, so I'm instructing at Michelle Mix Academy and Dahlia out in St. Charles. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm just teaching and then I'll teach like on my own. I do like some in-home and some like online classes and stuff like that. So, or lessons uh, rather. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it just kind of, it looks a little different every time, but just to learn new skill sets, sometimes I'll just start on one trick and then it'll turn into something else. And then I'll kind of get stuck on whatever came off of that. 
how long does it take you to get a routine and like how long do you typically uh keep your routines like is there uh do you got really long ones that are for long performances and and short ones that are short and sweet that's such a good question because i think a lot of people don't realize that uh we do have like time limits on what like how long we can perform so it depends on the show and i personally and this is just me i don't I try not to reuse routines because for me, like if I've made a routine and I know it takes a long time and it's a lot of work and effort to even make a routine. So a lot of people will reuse routines, which is totally normal. Um, And that's very normal, especially if you're performing. I notice a lot of people who do like pole and burlesque tend to reuse routines um, because those are very uh, involved, especially when you start, um, stripping and stuff like that too it starts to it's a it's really involved so it takes a lot of time to come up with those um since I do a lot more like performances and competitions and I I try to spread them out I've reused a routine maybe like once or twice um before if they're really close together or I know they're going to be completely different venues or something uh but otherwise it's really hard to stick with a routine like emotionally because so I feel like once free, I perform it, like once you start doing something, it just kind of turns into something else. No. So like I'll plan a routine, like let's say uh, like extravaganza, because that's coming up. So that routine, we did have a time limit so that the song I'm performing to is about like three minutes and like 40 seconds, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And we try not to go over 40 minutes, one because or four minutes because it's a long show. Um, other shows you may be able to do like a four or five minute routine if it's like artistic or something like that, or there's less performers. So Mm -hmm. I will, for me personally, this is usually I'll start with the beginning of my piece. Um, and it, again, it kind of depends like this song in particular, I wanted it to be very linear. So I started with the beginning of it, uh, until I got to a point where I felt comfortable with that. And then I moved on to the middle of it and sometimes it goes really smooth like the beginning of my piece like it came pretty fast I took like one day to kind of like not like to kind of get out everything I didn't want to (laughs) do so I kind of it's it feels like a waste sometimes but it really isn't so like you spend like a day or a couple days or a week or so just flushing out ideas and pretty much coming up with everything you don't want to do until finally you have the day where it's like everything you want to do kind of, and this is for me that it just kind of came together. So the beginning, I was like, Oh my God, this is it. And I had one big trick in mind that I really wanted to put in there and everything in the beginning went around this one trick. And that went super smooth after I kind of flushed out everything I didn't want to do. Once I got past that point, I went up the pole, I came down the pole and then I was like, okay, now I got to do something on the floor. And specifically for this piece, usually we do a lot more floor work. I wanted Mm -hmm. to keep my routine almost like exclusively on the pole. There's some parts where I do come off, but it's very minimal. Um, I wanted it to be strictly almost an entire pole dance piece on the pole. So I came to the ground and then it's like, okay, here's the middle section. Let me kind of flush this out. Same thing. It may come together really easily because it, you might fall somewhere naturally into like a trick or something. Uh, mm-hmm. and it just goes with the music and the mood, or you might have to flush it out a little bit. And then uh, like, and usually this is my problem. It's always the end of the routine 
that is the hardest because I've spent so much time on the beginning, the middle, and I like it so much. I, it's so hard to come up with an end that matches or at least changes tempo and pace, but still blends in with the beginning and is still dynamic and energetic yeah. enough to like kind of move the piece along and, uh, close it, uh, where it feels like it's final. Uh, and Is there that's, a certain type of way yeah. you like to end a routine? Like, do you have like a, a like a signature like sign off kind of thing, or is is it, do you keep it interesting each time, or like is there yes like a no way you have to end the show? <laughs> like you got to you know, end it with like you know looking this way, or or you know looking at the audience in this way. We have a running joke uh, between me and a few of my friends. We call ourselves the beautiful swerns that we always die at the end of our pieces. So always in <laughs> okay. some kind of pose where we die or. It's just kind of ending, but it's always this illu- illusion of like death. Uh, and again, the end of this piece I'm doing this weekend, I also die at the end. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I think that would probably be the signatures. There's always some There's like a, dramatic the death theme, on pole. Yeah, to your, <laughs> you've, got, you've got a little bit of morbid theme to the uh, keep people on their toes. Yes. Or an unexpected morbid end. You're like, what? Oh, wait, I thought this was a beautiful, like, and then it's just. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of exactly, you know, because it's it's nice because I, like with poll, you know, I get to talk, I get to kind of express topics I don't uh, feel like are maybe um, easy to talk about or that it there's no good end note really and then you like there's not a good place for it or there's no way to really express how I feel about it uh so the piece I'm doing this weekend is essentially about um the earth and the way we treat it and how it's dying and we keep kind of like shrugging it off um Mm -hmm. so yeah I think there is this nice uh you know, conversation that can happen with, uh, dance specific and like more for me, like pole dance, but just dance just in general, what attracted me yeah. to it. Yeah. And awareness. And you can kind of be a little bit more like introspective and thoughtful about it without somebody like really like my pieces just to be like a conversation starter. And it can yeah, have totally. like, like obviously it has my opinion in it, but it's not a conversation I'm having with somebody. It's something I can like give to like my audience and they can take it upon themselves to be introspective and um, yeah. think about it or maybe have a conversation with themselves or somebody they're with instead. So um, yeah. yeah. So I think that's Absolutely. always like a great thing with dance and pole because there's so many creative people who do pole dancing. It just attracts like really interesting people. Yeah. Is, uh, do you have like a, is there a professional dancer that you look up to or somebody that, uh, that is like, um, more well-known that people might know or, or anything like that? Uh, there's a bunch. I mean, Michelle, Michelle Minks, uh, the owner of our studio, she's definitely one of them. She's been pole dancing for like, man, like (laughs) over like two decades. Yeah. Yeah, Forever. This show is like the longest running pole dance show that I think anybody really knows of that's been going on this long. It's been oh, 14 wow. years. Um, oh, wow. So St. Louis Thanks. is like an amazing like hub for like, I feel like the history of like pole dancing as it is right now. Yeah. Um, but for sure, Michelle, cause she also, I mean, her style is very 
um, body contact. It's a lot of static rotation. It's really beautiful and fluid. Um, other people, uh, Marion Cromp, uh, she's like a French um, pole dancer. She makes a lot of like beautiful, interesting shapes. She does a lot of spin pole. So the poles, they there's like a static pole that doesn't move. And then you're spinning around it. And then there's also a pole that spins. And you're essentially like holding on to it, doing tricks. A lot of people like it's still weird. A lot of people don't know that if they haven't touched a pole. Right. Um, in competitions, you'll have both or performances. Sometimes you'll have both. But uh, yeah, she's in- Mariana's cr- incredible. Um, she has a lot of like beautiful spin technique. Um, it's just really fluid and slow. And she takes her time with everything. And it's very thoughtful. Um, and she does a lot of like unconventional uh, shapes and movements. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other pole dancer, Yvonne Smink, kind of on the opposite end of that. Um, I think I forget where she's actually from. I, I believe she's from the Netherlands. Um, but I could be wrong. So don't quote me. <laughs> but, so is uh, the pole dancing like is our outfits like, uh, how important is your outfit in choosing like the fashions for the shows or is there themes that you go by or, or tend to use? Yeah, so I personally think it's very important um, because, like, just in general for pole, the reason why we have uh, small outfits is our skin sticks to the pole. Mm-hmm. Um, there are clothing options that will stick to a pole, um, but in the ma- like the matter of like showing or performing or competing, it's extremely important. That's been like really um and that's one great thing about michelle she's been since she comes from like a burlesque or polesque like background because st louis has such a good burlesque community Mm -hmm. um outfits have always been super important and it's just kind of always been in the back of my mind because i was always taught that because Mm -hmm. it it finishes off your piece and it sets the tone we don't always get a lot of props especially for competitions um you can only put on stage what you can carry on and off. Uh, shows are a little bit different, but for the most part, your outfit is your atmosphere. It's your like, it's your theme. It's your it kind of showcases exactly what you're doing without your uh, like before you actually start dancing. So um, it do really sets the tone. Do you, use, uh, do you use stuff like lighting or coordinate with the the lighting if there is any? Depends on the show. Sometimes you can. Um, like I I've done. So there's a show out in Columbia, Missouri called Vertical Desires. Mm-hmm. We can and that show the at the Blue Note, um they do they always do an, an incredible um job lighting. And yeah. usually we we don't talk to them, but they I think with the music and everything, they do a really good job of capturing the mood and the theme and everything. Nice. Um so yeah, it depends. Sometimes you'll have venues like that like at the Blue Note uh, for vertical desires where they can, they kind of just like set the tone and they kind of know what's going on. And like, they've done that show for a couple of years now too. So I think they have a good groove going, but then I know at like PSO when I was competing, um, as a finalist, we got to choose the background color of, um, the screen behind us. Um, sometimes we get to pick lighting. Sometimes we don't, it really just depends on the venue itself and the type mm-hmm. of show. Um, yeah. So if you're lucky, you get to choose it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that can, that definitely helps though. If you get to yeah, uh, be a part of the lighting process. The mood, yeah. 
Oh, hundred percent. Producing shows, it's a lot easier because we can kind of like, uh, I've produced shows with like Aaron and uh, our other partner, Jess, for the Flying Marionettes. We haven't done a show in a, a hot minute because uh, COVID and pandemic and all that. But for those, we've gotten to p- help pick like lighting situations. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's really nice to be able to do that. Um, and then props are always good if you get to do, if you get the opportunity to make your props or bring them on. Um, set but outfits are important whether they're bedazzled or just like simple it just Mm -hmm. depends on the tone of your piece and it really like finishes it off and makes it something beautiful to watch or something devastating and are you usually dancing alone or do you dance uh together with other dancers sometimes primarily i dance solo however um i do have uh my friend kylie we dance as partners doubles partners so, and we go by two headed monster whenever we perform or compete. Nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, and then we have a full long storyline going. So every time we perform or compete, it's the next part of our storyline. Um, oh, so you guys like will have that. to keep an eye out for those cause they will all connect. Um, okay. so yeah, I dance with Kylie. She's, uh, my doubles partner. And then we've also done the beautiful Swerns. That's that, uh, our friend group, uh, Kylie's also in that. We have another friend, Rachel, and then we go in and out of uh, uh, our friend Julie. She doesn't live uh, in Missouri anymore, so we subbed in our friend Jacqueline. And the last routine we did was basically uh, ghost chickens, and we did get first in that one. So, but we played as ghost, ghost chi- chickens, yeah. And then it was like a group routine uh, where. You know, the the farmer killed these chickens and we're exacting our revenge on the farmer. And then we all become one together in uh, the afterlife. So, oh, wow. Just a, a slight hint at uh, the vegan agenda, which I'm the only yeah, vegan on our team, but <laughs> there's a lot buried <laughs> worked out for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I love group routines, though, because they're just super uh, fun. They're really nice to put yeah. together and work with people. And, you know, I was really nervous the first time, like doing a doubles piece and a group piece. Like we've done group pieces for, uh, studios and stuff and showcase, but I'm very, again, I'm, I'm a little bit more introverted and I, I like to kind of like sit on things and take my time with them. But, mm-hmm. you know, Kylie has such a good, um, I don't know. She just has such a, a wonderful view on like dance and we're kind of on the same page when it comes to what we want creatively. So I think it's mm-hmm. like, if you find the right person to dance with, it makes it so easy and it's so enjoyable and it's, it's really rewarding to watch back on it. Like yeah. I love being able to watch back on our group routines and our doubles pieces because they come together so nicely where I think sometimes when you perform solo, you can be a lot more critical because there's only yourself to kind of blame for things. But when there's other people involved, like, you can look at it as a whole instead of kind of being overly critical of just a piece you did yourself. So yeah, watching like our group routines and stuff. I mean, it's actually like fun and enjoyable um, and not so critical and just, yeah, putting them together. Like, I don't know. I have like good memories of like working with all of them um, when we get to do things together. So it's a good time. Yeah. So tell me more about the, the poll show and, uh, you said Aaron, like, does Aaron, like, are you guys a team or do you, or do you guys just, uh, like, uh, do 
dances, set up dances together? How does that work? How does that yeah. Work? So me and Aaron are neighbors. We were neighbors when oh. we met each other. So I moved. This is how we met, actually. So I moved from uh, Louisiana or maybe from Florida. Yeah, we moved from Florida the first time. And it was, a. I was in fifth grade. I think Erin was in seventh or eighth. I think she was in seventh grade at the time. I don't know. Anyways, um, her little sister and her stepsister came over and actually met us first. And the first time I met Erin, she was like sitting in her basement on her, like probably a Macintosh computer or something like that, listening to Nelly in her Gap sweatshirt. <laughs> so, um, a beautiful image awesome. of Erin as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's so we same. met being neighbors and uh you know then we moved away and we kept in contact then we moved back and we moved in the same neighborhood and we would go to like we went to like punk shows together and like rock shows and warp tour and uh you know we went to the pit out in wentzville um, oh my gosh you know mississippi nights and <laughs> things like that so we went to a lot of like music shows and events um and that was primarily i feel like uh, my sister Corey and then Aaron, like they were super into like punk music and stuff, and like I liked it too. But I, I probably wouldn't have initiated it, and they really did. Um, so that's how we kind of met. And then again, like in college, I started pole dancing, and Aaron was probably not the friend I thought who would try pole. I really, you know, like she <laughs> was so into music, um, and you know, she's kind of like played soccer and stuff growing up, but, mm -hmm. and she's very creative, but I just never thought I was like, Aaron probably won't like enjoy this. Um, as much as like I do, I thought like some of my other friends might try it, but I never thought Aaron would, but she actually, um, like came to a class when I was teaching and fell in love with it. And then, and she did dance her whole life too, but she was never like super into dance like her sisters. Yeah. Um, Cause it just wasn't like, I don't know, fulfilling it for her. So she came to a pole dance class with me. Sorry, knocked my microphone out of my hand. And then, um, yeah, so she came to a pole dance class and like fell in love with it. And then she started teaching beginner classes and kind of, it went on from there. We, uh, started, you know, doing some shows and stuff together and producing those, um, with our other friend and, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of never looking back. So, but oh. I'm usually, I know like I'm super busy. Aaron's always loved putting shows together and, uh, she, cause she worked in like local music industry. Um, yeah. and that's kind of always been her thing is wanting to create events and do like music shows and, um, stuff with local bands and stuff. So it just kind of translated into poll. So she really has been wanting to do um, like pole shows and like I'm like when we do like when we co-produce them like for flying marionettes and stuff, mm -hmm. it's really fun, but we can't always do it together. So um, I think it's wonderful that Aaron continues to do it because I'm not always available and our other friend isn't always available either. So this is kind of like her baby and her thing to, you know, create these shows that have kind of always been the thing she's been wanting to do her entire like adult life is, and probably even her teenage life too, is like create local shows, but now they're like dance based instead of a uh, rock show. So, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, so she did STL pole show, I think about two years ago at FUBAR. 
Um, she actually just emailed me the um, the new date. So it was scheduled for the 23rd of October on that Saturday, but that got rescheduled uh, due to venue conflicts. And she tried to find some other venues, um, just couldn't find the right one. So the new date for STL Pole Show is going to be January 1st at Red Flag, which is uh, the same owner, owner of FUBAR. He uh, purchased that um, larger space uh, right down the road. So that should be yeah. very exciting because I know she's oh, always awesome. been, yeah, she's been wanting to do that space for um, a while. It's just been super booked because uh, it's awesome. But yeah, um, yeah so that's kind of pretty much where that falls into and how she started it. But uh yeah, I think I think that answers that question. I'm trying to think of anything else I might have missed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where can uh, people go to find out information about STL Pole Show? Let me see, because I, I believe she's working on a website. But for now, um, I would go to either Instagram or Facebook for STL Pole Show. And then let me see if she has a link anywhere else. Um, I know right now there's still the Eventbrite. I know the tickets and stuff are getting rescheduled and everything, but I would usually I use Instagram. Um, but yeah, Instagram, STL Poll Show, um, and then Facebook. But there should be a website coming up, I know, for hers as well. So then cool. I would assume the link should be on there whenever it, that's ready. But um, yeah. yeah, it should be a good time. The last show was super fun. It's it's just nice for it to be local and kind of like Midwest uh, focused. And she did a really yeah. good job about getting uh, this, this round. If we can keep some of the same performers that the uh, new scheduling date doesn't interrupt anybody, it should be a lot of like newer performers and stuff that mm -hmm. haven't gotten to do a lot of shows. So it should be a good, like fresh, it's a mix of like uh, old and new performers, but it should be a nice, like fresh mix of people that you haven't gotten to see. Um, perform yet so see, was was there some sort of benefit uh that was um attached to this i thought i could have swore i saw that there was something like maybe maybe not so maybe <laughs> not for this show not that i know of i oh, mean okay. she might have something but not that i know of so extravaganza that's happening this weekend um so the other show that's happening in october or i guess the mm -hmm. only show right now and then uh stl poll show is going to be in january but October 8th and 9th this weekend, um, there is the Minx Pole Dance Extravaganza. It's the 14th annual show, so it's been going on for 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, again, like the longest running <laughs> pole show uh, that I know of in existence. It's raised about um, $30,000 for uh, Call for Help. So it's the Sexual oh, wow. Assault Victims Unit um, of like St. Louis, and I believe they cover Illinois um, too. So yeah, call for help. They're also on Instagram and online too for suicide prevention and awareness and people who have gone through just, uh, you know, on hard times or, yeah. um, any kind of wow, assault or trouble or homelessness. So they're an amazing Definitely organization. support these shows this weekend. Or is yes. It this weekend? All, yeah. Yeah. It'll be this weekend. Yep. And, uh, uh, tickets for that one is at minxacademy.com and it's under the extravaganza button. There's also, um, virtual tickets. So if you can't attend, you can stay at home. We have a couple of students who won't be in town, but they 
you know, they got tickets online, oh, so they'll awesome. just watch it from whatever hot tub they're vacationing in or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> hanging out and watching some pole dancing. But yeah, all the money and the proceeds go to call for help. Um, and yeah, she's raised about like over $30,000, uh, over wow. the years for it. So, um, it's, it's an amazing show. We have such a, it's, uh, it's probably one of the best pole shows I've ever been involved in. It's so diverse. Uh, we have like people from like across the country, um, coming in. We have, uh, some like awesome, like big name pole dancers. Ashley Fox just won nationals, I think for the, our pole sport organization nationals for like the second time in a row, oh, wow. I believe. So there's, there's like pole um, dancing leagues, huh? Yeah, there, there, yeah, there's, there's different levels. So, and there's different competitions and, um, Sarah Jade, she was, uh, Miss Pole Dance America whenever that show was going on. I forget which year she won. She was the last year that, uh, that show went on. Um, she's coming into town, uh, Dalton wow. Rhodes from Chicago. He's incredible. Um, yeah, so there's there's three shows. There's a private show just for students and their families, but then the, there's the two public shows um, that anybody can come watch or buy tickets for online um, and watch it virtually, and that'll be uh, at Castle Loma Ballroom off Cherokee. Oh, man, that place is awesome. I've always wanted to be go inside that place, but have not gotten ready because they do ballroom dancing over there and everything. Yeah, it's super cool. It's a funky little space. I like it. They have a, a huge, they have a really big stage. Um, it's great for pole because we can, uh, we do rigging and stuff. So you'll set up like a 12 foot pole. Um, uh, and then you can, you have space for like group routine, things like that. And they have like a lot of space for warming up and everything, which is awesome because sometimes you don't always get the luxury of backstage. Um, so then you end up doing what? your makeup in like a tiny bathroom or something like that. But <laughs> What's like the the length of the pole that you typically use? Is there like a a certain? I mean, is it based just on the the ceiling? Is do you like to? Is there routines that take you really high or? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, another good question because a lot of people don't realize uh, it. So most competitions, your competition standard is going to be at least a twelve foot pole, if not maybe like thirteen to fourteen feet, depending on wow. uh, the competition. But usually, standards is about twelve feet. Um, the poles in diameter, at least for the U.S., they're different in different countries, are 45 millimeter poles. And usually for um, competitions or larger or large shows like or like PoleCon, it's a big like convention. Um, they'll have two poles and one will be spin, one will be static or you'll get to set both on spin, both on static. But yeah, so it kind of depends. You have people who do like low flow routines like we have a lot of like for the extravaganza we have so many different routines so you'll see people use like the entire length of the pole like I'm going all the way up the pole and then I come all the way down but then you have like low flow is what we call it and there's other like variations of that but it's using like the bottom half of the pole and staying really low and kind of like doing heel work or um, okay. like different techniques around the pole and you'll kind of stay at the base of the pole or at least wherever the highest point you can reach. And there's also competitions and events like that where it's like a low flow event. So you're not allowed to climb the pole. You just have to dance around it or like freestyle events, things like that. Um, but yeah, so there is like a standard for a lot of competitions, but you will 
especially for shows like this or even competitions, depending on what you're watching, you'll see people use all of the pole. You'll see people just use the bottom half of the pole. Um, yeah, it kind of just depends. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's there's so many little, you know, techniques and little things that that you know the 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 make this so challenging and so interesting and creative like it's 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 really amazing i'm excited oh, yeah hopefully i'm excited to to come to the uh to the to the show and and we'll see if we can make it out this weekend well uh i don't know but if i can yet but yeah if not buy a ticket online and support i know erin has one more seat left at her table so you could always uh, get in touch with her <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect lead into the next podcast. We'll have Aaron on next. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. She'll be, she'll be a good one to talk to. Heck yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kirsty. It was really great uh, to talk to you about all this. No, thanks for having me on and asking like interesting questions. Like it's a lot of things I don't like get to think about all the time because it's so normal now, but it's like, oh yeah, people do want to know about that or it's kind of yeah, interesting absolutely. how we do that. So yeah. For sure. All right. Well, thank you again for coming on, Kirstie. I'll be sure to put all the links to, to everything and where to get tickets and all those dates and stuff in the uh, in the in info on the podcast. But uh, yeah, until next time, um, have a good one and we'll see you soon. You too. I hope everybody enjoyed listening and thanks for talking with me. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> have a good one. Bye. Thanks.